welcome back or welcome to Coast to Coast College Hockey Podcast. My name is Jenna Van Sickle and this is currently a solo operation for season two. I am sitting here in my apartment with all the windows shut, trying my best to get some audio quality on my low budget production and combat the immense heat in my apartment today. I am drinking my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. So that's what's getting me through this preseason. We're doing an episode every week this preseason, and I'm so excited for this one. Today, I'm going to be talking about the college players in the 2021 NHL entry draft that happened earlier this summer. Um, We weren't recording episodes then, but lots happened. There are lots of players to talk about. So without any further ado, any more (laughs) personal comments, I say we just jump right in and go from the top. So we had, for the second time ever, college players going first and second overall. And for the first time ever, they were teammates. So as I'm sure many of you know, Owen Power, which is an amazing name, went first overall. He played his first college season last year at the University of Michigan, and he had 16 points in 26 games as a defenseman. So that was three goals, 13 assists, great numbers, especially for a first season. And he is the top top drafted NCAA player since 2006 when Eric Johnson went um He was selected by the St. Louis Blues, and he went on to play for the University of Minnesota. So Owen Power was selected by the Buffalo Sabres first overall, and his teammate, Matty Benares, who also played his first college season last year, went second overall and was the first ever entry draft pick by the Seattle Kraken. So very exciting for him. He had... 24 points in 24 games. We love to see a point per game. Always makes for an exciting player. He had 10 goals, 14 assists. Quite the numbers there. And I must say, if I had to pick between being drafted this year by the Buffalo Sabres and the Seattle Kraken, you, you know the answer would be the Kraken. I love their organization, but also Buffalo. Um... I know I'm supposed to have some sort of loyalty to them because they have Jack Eichel, but even he doesn't want to be there, and he's not even one of my favorite players. Sorry, BU. It had to be said. Um, So we'll see if Owen Power ends up sticking around in Buffalo or if he's also begging to get out of there in the future. Very interesting. But anyway, congratulations to those two. Obviously an amazing recognition of their skills so far and both of them will be returning to Michigan for this upcoming season so if you're playing Michigan good luck continuing on with the draft we had four out of the five top draft picks not only be NCAA D1 players but they were also all from the University of Michigan which is absolutely insane to think about we had Luke Hughes going fourth overall He went to the New Jersey Devils, and I have to say, the celebration, primarily from his brother, Jack Hughes, who, if you're unfamiliar, he went first over on the 2019 draft and plays for the New Jersey Devils. It was absolutely amazing to watch. It was so fun. Look up the clip if you haven't. Jack Hughes looks more excited than Luke Hughes himself or anyone else in their family who was sitting there. 
Um, just wonderful to see. That's what the draft is all about. Uh, so Luke Hughes played his last season with the NTDP, the U.S. National Development Program, and also with the U.S. U18 national team. Then rounding out this this portion of Michigan picks, Kent Johnson went fifth. He went to the Columbus Blue Jackets. He played his first college season last year, so he played along Powers and Bernay. And he had 27 points in 26 games with nine goals and 18 assists. So similar stats to the second overall pick. Finally, in the first round, we got out of the Michigan, um, I don't even know, obsession, I guess, um, and started picking people from other teams. I guess they started remembering that you know, there's other teams out there besides Michigan, and lucky for me, the first one, the first college player not picked from Michigan was Tyler Boucher, who is going to be you. Very exciting. He was picked by Ottawa at number 10 in the draft, and he previously played in the National Development Program, similar um, to Luke Hughes, who I just mentioned. Um, A little bit about Tyler. He's the son of Brian Boucher, who's a former NHL goaltender. I'm sure most of you are familiar with him or at least have heard that name. So like many hockey families, you see one, you'll see a bunch more with that name. And he was widely considered one of the most physical players available in the 2021 draft, um, which personally makes me really excited to see him on the ice for BU this season. Uh, I don't know if that's going to translate to a lot of penalties, but we'll see what he adds to the Terriers roster this year. I'll make sure to report back on that. Following him, we had Matt Coronado, who is a Harvard prospect who will now be playing his first season at Harvard this season. He was selected by Calgary at the 13th pick, and he previously played for Chicago in the USHL. So he was the 2021 USHL forward of the year, and he set the Chicago Steel franchise record for goals in a season with 48 in 51 games. So he wasn't just a point-per-game player. He was nearly a goal-per-game player, which is absolutely insane. I've seen some reports about how it's misleading. Some people think that scoring in the USHL is easy, and it, it just isn't. So this goes to show that he is a super strong player, Obviously playing just across the river from me, so I'll be seeing him playing in person, hopefully, and reporting back on that. I know Calgary fans are pretty excited about that pick from what I can see. Then we have another amazing name. We have Chaz Lucius, who will be playing for Minnesota, my hometown team, um, the University of Minnesota, not the Wild. He was picked by Winnipeg, actually a rival of the Wild, so gotta clarify that, at um, the 22nd pick, and he, like many of the other top college picks, was in the National Development Program, the U.S. one, Um, and he scored more goals than games he played for the National Development Program, so him and Coronado are certainly high-scoring players, and Lucius is the first player to do so since Cole Caulfield, which we know has started his NHL career, proves he played at Wisconsin and is absolutely killing it 
with the Canadians. So if that's a name that's in the conversation with Lucius, I am excited to see him play and excited to see his hopefully long NHL career. Then, unfortunately, we return to Michigan. <laughs> Mahi Samoskevich was picked by Florida at the 24th pick. He also played for Chicago Steel in the USHL, so he played alongside Matt Coronado from Harvard. Um, there's a great article out there about um, his connection to Sandy Hook and how he got to the NHL draft and his life, life up until this point. I know that I could not do his story justice, so I just wanted to direct you to that article. It's by Scott Wheeler in The Athletic. So if you do have a subscription to them, um, it's relatively cheap. I say that, but I do just use my dad's subscription because I am a cheap college student. But if you have a subscription, please go back and look at the article. It's called From Sandy Hook to the NHL Draft by Scott Wheeler. And it's an absolutely interesting read, and it tells you a lot about Sam Miskevich and his story. Following him, we have Corson Kuhlman's another amazing name, who will be playing at Wisconsin. And I like to think that he would make a great Cole Caulfield replacement. I know I keep talking about Cole Caulfield, but I feel like the alliteration, the C's, the cool names... There's just some sort of connection between those two. I hope they've texted. I hope they know each other. I don't know why, but Carson Kuhlmans was drafted by Columbus at the 25th overall pick, and he previously played for Brooks in the AJHL, and he won silver with Canada in the 2021 World Juniors when they lost to the United States. Sorry, had to throw that in there. <laughs> Sorry, any Canada fans listening. Um, just a little reminder. And Wisconsin will actually be his first U.S.-based team. So up until this point, Corson Coleman's has been playing in Canada for his entire career, which it's actually still pretty rare to see Canadian players making the, the decision to go over to the NCAA. So for him to be doing that, maybe that'll be a great setup for him then being Columbus in in the same region of the U.S. So best of luck to him. I'll be watching him with Wisconsin this year. Love to see them play always. So this draft really continued the trend of NCAA players and recruits in the NHL draft. Now, we've always kind of seen them, but there was this great graphic by College Hockey Inc. If you're not following them, please check them out on Twitter. Amazing follow if you're looking for more information on college hockey. And they were comparing the NCAA first round picks um, in the most recent six years and then the six year window before that. And there were 52 NCAA picks in the first round, and that's players or recruits. So from 2015 to 2021, they're 52 versus 28 players or recruits in 2008 to 2014. So certainly a jump. We are seeing a big increase and players are really considering NCAA as a way to get to the NHL more than they ever have. Some notes on the draft and some highlights. So Michigan had three current players in the top five and in the first round for the first time ever. So no team has ever had three current players in the first round, let alone in the top five. So that really just goes to show how historic 
this draft was for that team. We had four of the top five draft picks were college players for the first time ever, and then five of ten for the first time ever. So this draft truly was um, one to remember for college hockey and certainly proved that college hockey is a legitimate path to the NHL, and lots of these top picks were NCAA players. As I mentioned before, Michigan was the first team to have five players slash recruits in the first round. Previously, the record was held by Minnesota and BU, both tied with four players slash recruits in the first round. Minnesota did this in 2006 and BU more recently in 2016. And then the nine NCAA picks that I mentioned were in the first round. We went through all of them, are tied for the third most NCAA picks in the first round in draft history. So that number alone is pretty incredible. Obviously, I would love to see more so that I could talk about it on the podcast and we could discuss it. Um, But I'm thinking we're really seeing a trend here, and it's very exciting for college hockey fans because it shows that the game is really improving and that college hockey is going to be exciting to watch and is going to get more eyes and is really getting the recognition that it deserves. I obviously can't go through every single NCAA pick that we had in the draft. Well, I guess I could, but I'm choosing not to. If you have any specific players you would like me to talk about in the future, please let me know. Um, But briefly, just going through the other rounds. In the second round, there were seven picks, third round, 10, fourth round, nine, fifth round, three, sixth round, six picks. And then the seventh round, there were 11 NCAA picks. So in total, the 2021 NHL entry draft had 56 NCAA picks. And there is a great database, again, by College Hockey Inc., um, Again, just got to plug them. Please check them out. Great research for college hockey, the draft. They have this great list of all the players. You can sort it any way you want by round, number, name, nationality, position, what NHL team, where they're going to be playing, and where they played before. So if you're looking for more information on all of the players that were drafted in this draft that are going to be playing in the NCAA or have already played in the NCAA, please look at this. It gives you a great idea of which schools are getting representation. So there are several schools that had multiple picks. Just going down, we have Arizona, BC, BU, Cornell, Denver, Harvard, UMass, Michigan, obviously, Minnesota, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Notre Dame, Omaha, little bit of a surprise there, Providence, or Vermont, and then Wisconsin. So a lot of the big names in college hockey are not only having draft picks, but they're having multiple draft picks. So all of those schools I just listed have at least two different picks. And then we have some of the still notable schools with one pick, so they're still getting some recognition. So please, if you're looking for more information on how college players were involved in this previous NHL entry draft. Look at that database. It's College Hockey Inc. Um, The title for it should be 2021 NHL Draft Picks. I'm sure if you Google search it, you can find it really easily. If you can't find it, let me know and I can post it on our Twitter. I wanted to kind of conclude this episode 
with a bit of an open-ended discussion. I'm going to share my thoughts. And if you have thoughts, you disagree with me, anything like that, please let me know on Twitter. I would love to hear from each and every one of you. This is a small operation, so I know it might not be the biggest podcast out there, but that means that I really do care what you say. And if you tweet at us, we will reply. Um, so again, just plugging the Twitter before I get into the discussion, it's the letter C two C C H podcast on Twitter.com. Again, C two C H podcast on Twitter. All right. So I wrote down a couple of questions that I just wanted to consider. So the first one is, will this trend of rising NCAA players in the draft continue? This one's pretty easy for me. I think yes. I think it's pretty clear that I don't think there will ever be a point where it is just D1 players in the draft or the, I mean, I, but I do think it's possible that at some point they could be one of the, the major, well, they're one of the major players already. I guess I could see them as a majority. I could see the majority of drafted players, at least in the first couple of rounds, coming from the NCAA in the next couple of years, maybe past that. I think it's very possible. I think, especially with Canadian players starting to consider the D1 route, if they're looking for that education, obviously it does get a bit complicated because you do have those players that come in to the NCAA and play one year, play two years, and then th their retention just isn't there, so they're not earning that degree. But then you see other players, of course, as a Leafs fan, um, I always think of Zach Hyman, who is now with the Oilers, and he went to Michigan, and you know he was a draft pick, but he stayed for all four years. He got his degree because that's what he wanted to do, and then went to the NHL. So I think that route will probably increase. But with, along with that, you'll also see the players that come for one, two years, which does leave, leave open the possibility of, I know there are players that during their career will take summer classes to work towards their degree, and then players that afterwards will finish their degree. And I think that's honestly great. I know that with high-level boys and then men's Hockey, obviously, education is kind of put on the back burner, which is a whole other issue, but I think the NCAA truly does offer a route that includes education in the mix of things and really gets players thinking about their future, whether it's in the NHL, whether it's in a other professional league, or if they want to pursue a career path other than that or something afterwards. I do think that we might see a bit more college hockey player retention. That's at least what I'm hoping. I know as a college hockey fan, it is very frustrating to see these star players come in, play a season, and then never come back. I love the kind of college hockey players that come back and are super involved with their college. Obviously, as a BU fan, my mind goes to Charlie McAvoy. I I don't think he played all four years. There's absolutely no way, but he's still very involved with the organization and you can see him around campus. If you, if you look out for it, I haven't had the chance, but I know that he's been around. Um, so yes, I'm hoping to see more retention 
or at the very least see more players having some sort of loyalty, long-term commitment to their school or at least their hockey program because I feel like that's really how you grow, whether it's with them helping with recruiting, them helping out at practices with current players, or just having them as a presence at the rink, honestly, I think does a lot. I also definitely think, like I said before, that Canadian players are going to consider the American college route more than they previously have. I find it very interesting. The college system in Canada does not really have an emphasis on varsity sports like they do here. I did briefly look at going to college in Canada, but decided it wasn't for me. Um, But I just think that, in my mind, I would initially think that players from Canada were going to college in Canada. But obviously, they have a very different system up there with the OHL and the the Q. So obviously, I kind of have an outsider's perspective on that. I think someone closer to that probably has a a better insight into what Canadian players are kind of doing. But I keep seeing them in conversations and in prospect lists with American schools. And I think a lot of the players that are coming from Canada haven't necessarily been in the Canadian system. They've been playing in leagues like the USHL, so they've been already in the country, and that might be why they're choosing to stay here. But I wouldn't be surprised if players were at least considering the college route heavier than they previously had been. And I feel like that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on this NHL draft. As far as it pertains to college players, there were lots of other things that happened that I do not have the time or mental energy right now to dive into with the NHL draft. Again, feel free to share your draft thoughts on Twitter. You can share it with our account, as I mentioned earlier, or my personal Twitter, which is at Jenna Van Sickle. And I look forward to next week's preseason episode. So keep an eye out for that. And I will see you then.